I want you guys to open your Bibles too, and as I always do, let's all rise to give honor to the Word of God. We're going to look at three places really quickly, and if you don't have a Bible, uh, my overhead person will put it up on the screen. Hopefully, it's ready. First place we're going to look at is Romans 14.8, and then we're going to jump back to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. And then we're going to go back to New Testament, Acts 16.25, okay? So starting with Romans 14.8, it says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether li live or die, we are the Lord's. I always have to talk about dying, right? Dying for Jesus, right? <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 3.17 and following, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And lastly, Acts 16.25. This is in the message form. Ready? Go. Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. So, Father, we ask that you would anoint every word, that it may not be Sonny's words, but it will be the living word of God that comes from heaven. God, that as you send your word, that you would align our hearts and minds to your heart, your thoughts. Just like you have spoken to us last week, Lord, that we will see the storms the way you see the storm. God, that we will not be bound by the, 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 the false prophet of fear in our minds, Lord. But God, that we would learn to ride the storms that is upon us. Lord, help us, help us to understand your truth and not only hear your words, but to be able to apply and do according to, to live according to your word, God. So help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So, man, last Sunday's sermon, was it just amazing or what? I was like, he didn't even have to call the altar. I was already, I found myself standing with hands raised and weeping before he called for an altar. I was like, <laughs> what a rema word to be able to see the storms as God sees. Just to clarify, I did not cry because I lost all my money. You, that's nothing. That's nothing, right? I'll tell you a little bit later my perspective of what happened in our family. But you know what? Storms. God is giving us his word to see the storms the way, see, the way he sees, right? When God sees the storm, when Jesus sees the storm, you know what he does? He looks for the pillow because he knows it's time to sleep. It's time to rest, right? He sees the storm as the means to carry us to our destination. Hmm? Isn't it 
interesting. Look at your neighbor and give that confusing look. Isn't it interesting? That beginning of this year, what did God give us as a theme of 2018? Year of rest. He said 2018. 2018 is going to be the year of rest. But then so many storms, right? In-house, outside of the house, personal, corporate, physical, right? That's when we heard Amy's mom, right? Right? About cancer and, and I mean, think of so many storms, one after, like Benjamin shared last Sunday, right? Internationally, right? And, and nationally, like so many different type of storms came our ways. Hmm? But you know, people have known the specifics of what's going on, but come to me like with this like big eye, like so a lot of concern and care. It's like, Pastor, how are you doing? Pastor, how are you doing? So much love and concern. It's like, Almost like their eyes are watery because they're concerned for us, right? What, Pastor, how are you doing? <laughs> and then in that moment, I feel like I should cry. And say, oh, it's so. It's like you know, like the matching response, right? Yeah. <gasps> you know, and I feel like I need to. Oh, it's been so hard. We hug. Oh, thank you. Did you see? You know, but often when people came and said. How are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm doing great. And they're like, what? I've never felt so much grace of God as I have this year. This year. The more storm came, the more grace came. Hmm? One thing, though, that I had to learn that I am learning right now is that in the midst of the storm, you never, you never look for who to blame. You never, you never look for fault in yourself, in others, in God. That's not the time to, whose fault? Why am I here and who caused it? God, me, you, husband, wives, children. Right? We're always looking for fault, but in the midst of the storm, no, that is not the right response. Hmm? You do, do not look to anything or anyone, not even the storm, but in the midst of the storm, you simply ride the storm. How? By trusting in God's goodness, even when you can't see it with your eyes. You simply just like, God said last week through Benjamin, you simply go back to what Jesus said right before the storm. And you just live in obedience to that word. Hmm? Midnight worship. That, maybe that's what I will call today's sermon. You know, when Benjamin asked me, oh, what is the word? He's so excited, right? And, and I was like, I don't know. And throughout all week, I'm asking, my spirit knows. Like, I, like my spirit is like, I know without a doubt there's a powerful inside of me. But what is it? My mind looks to and fro, but I don't know what it is. What, are, what do you want to say? 
but then, see, I, I'm Korean-American, but I pray in English, I worship in English, and I preach in English, okay? But then all week, these phrase, Korean worship song phrase kept coming to me. Raise your hand if you're Korean. So just, whoa, wow. Just for you guys, I'll say this. Maybe you may not. I didn't know we had that many Koreans. Oh, my goodness. This phrase that says, and non-Koreans, don't worry, I'll interpret it. It says, 부르신 곳에서 나는 예배하리. 어떤 상황에도 나는 예배하리. That keep coming back in Korean. I don't even pray in Korean, you know. And I keep, my spirit is like singing that, right? And I was like, wow. And what it means, and when I interpret it, it's like, oh. You know, it's like, where you have called me, I will worship. In no matter what circumstance, in any circumstances, I will worship. Like English, it doesn't just do the justice, you know? I was like, I think Jennifer called me, and, oh, and I was trying to explain. And I was like, when I interpret, I'm like, oh, it's like, it, the song, it was so powerful. And then I explained, like, oh. Like, no. So I had to explain. It's, it's like you're in the middle of the storm. Everything's dark. Your body is in pain. You have no money in the bank. You, everybody left you. You're, you've been betrayed. You've been abandoned. You are sick. You have no medicine. You, you, you are in the middle of the dark storm, and you don't know what to do. And in that moment, there's the, the quiet resolve within your soul that arises and says, where you have called me. Right now, I will worship. No matter what circumstance, God, I choose to worship. It means that. Come on, respond. Isn't that powerful? It's not just when you are in that mountaintop experience that you get to worship God. But in the, when you are lost in the valley of the valleys, and there are trees, and the, you don't see the trails, right? We went, we went hiking, and we got lost, right? You're lost, and you don't know how to get back. In that moment, instead of freaking out, God, why, if you are good, why did you allow me to come this far? Instead of blaming, in that moment when you are lost and when you are in pain, you just stop and say that resolve that says, God, I just worship you. I worship you. And I feel like the word of the Lord to you and I, to you and I, is this. How do you ride the storm to your next destination? When you don't know what to do, when storms are coming your way, how do I ride the storm, God? I don't know how to go to sky and I, how do I? I want, <laughs> you try to write on it and there's nothing and you're still where you are. How, how, how do I write the storm to my next destination? How God, how God is saying worship. And God spoke to us, right? A few months ago, beginning of this year, living hope. If you fight, you will win. And God is saying fight the good fight of faith. And how do you fight the good fight of faith? During our Wednesday night prayer, what did God say? You're going to worship. This is how we fight our battles. Worship. To put on the garment of praise and worship. Hmm? When you don't know what to do, when you are drowning in pain, 
no matter what circumstance, that resolve to say, I still choose to worship you. Hmm? Just like we read in Habakkuk, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, can you really worship God? When you work all year, right, and you look at your fig tree and there's nothing, can you in that moment really worship God? Hmm? You work so hard on that grapevine and you see no grape. Can you truly worship God? Though the olive crop falls and fields produce no food, you spent you energy, your money into be right? But nothing, it produced nothing. Even though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, can you still worship God? I want you to ask yourself, can you still worship God just like Habakkuk? Can you really look at your bank account and you think, well, last year around this time, you had about... $10,000. And then you look at now, and it's zero. Can you still worship God? Hmm? It's so easy for, you to, for us to say, yeah. yeah. But do you really? Yeah. Do you really worship God in that moment? Or do you allow these loud noises in your mind. It's because you have failed. It's because you are lazy. I'm trying to like point in between people so don't, people don't feel like she's talking to me. It's because you have sin, right? The enemy, it's because you have no faith, right? It's like the enemy just, just bombards your mind. And then what do we fall into? We fall into depression. We fall into discouragement. We fall into doubt. We fall into fear, right? We allow that false prophet of fear in our minds to keep us from worshiping. Hmm? Often, what we want is mountaintop, the peak. We think we're supposed to live there. And so when we are in the valleys, God, why have you forsaken me, right? Oh, God. But, you know, in life, you cannot always be on top of the mountain 24-7. If there's going to be mountaintop moments in your life, there's going to be some valley of the valley moments in your life. And in those moments, you can't always blame people or yourself. You see, we've been, some of us, we've been doing this uh, mindfulness class, right? The first time we did it, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on, right? I'm just breathing. And this is what Jennifer told us. There's no agenda. Look at your neighbor and say, there's no agenda. And then look at your other neighbor and say, there's no judgment. So that's what she told us. This is not yoga. You're not trying to, you know, exercise. This isn't like, you know, we're not trying to like warfare and, and breakthrough. This is not that breakthrough Wednesday night prayer moments. This is just mindfulness class. You're just going to breathe. We 
have a we have a, a neuroscientist in the house. You guys know how much I love neurology, right, John? Right now, <laughs> he see he he knows what's going on because you've been listening, right, to our sermons. So, the neurologists say, according to my therapist, John, that when you are like like anxious, when you when you are beyond your capacity in your brain. Right? To, to bring, come back. Remember I preached this a few months ago? To come back, you just breathing helps your brain to, remember your brain is freaking out. And the way you're going to make it calm down. Okay, everybody do this. Freaking out. Storms coming. Freaking out. Your husband spent something that they shouldn't have. Freak out. Come on. Come on. You freak out, right? Right? Your husband buys a car that you can't afford. Come on. Freak out. And then your husband, after four years, realizes and then takes the car back with another $4,000. Come on. Freak out. Freak out. Freak out. Ah! But when your brain is freaking out, neurologists say, breathing in, keeping it in your and then breathe out slowly. Actually helps your brain from doing this to calming. So the, we've been doing this mindfulness class. And so when, you know, I'm busy, I'm meeting people, and then I run to that class, and you get a little blanket, and, you know, Jennifer tells us to, you know, you know breathe, and we breathe, and she says lay down, and we lay, and she's, you know, we just follow, and then it's like there's no agenda. Don't try to, you know, make this more than, no, there's no agenda. And, and if you don't feel like you don't feel good, don't worry about it. There's no judgment, right? I said, no agenda, no judgment. We're just breathing. I don't know what's going on. The tears are just coming down. And in this mindfulness class, what we have learned is this, that sometimes if you have pain in your shoulder, just be aware. It's okay. God, this hurts. In that moment, when you just become aware of where you are right now, physically, emotionally, rel relationally, spiritually, just becoming aware. Because often we live this life without awareness of what we're feeling. And just becoming aware and inviting and meeting God in that place of awareness. Hmm? Paul and Silas in Acts 16, we read, right? They, they're just preaching the gospel. They're just doing the will of God. Just like last week I spoke, right? This, Jesus is the one who asked the disciples, let's get in the boat, get to the other side. They obeyed God and the storm came. Paul and Silas, they just obeyed God and preached the gospel. And by doing so, they got arrested. They said, I have a message, right? The uh, translation is crazy. I, I've been into the message translation lately. It says they were beaten to blue like and black. Like they were, their whole body was bruised because they were beaten badly for doing the will of God. They were beaten and then they were put in prison. Hmm? And as they were in prison, all bruised up. You know when you're sick, at night it hurts more. Have you realized that? Especially, like, if you're alone and you're laying down and, like, you just wish somebody would just give you a massage in that, right, you know, but your husband is like, right, and you're like, and it's just, it's more painful that moment than, like, 
couple of hours ago when he was awake, you know, where he could have actually helped you, right? It hurts more at midnight hour, right? At midnight hour, you feel, you feel like nobody cares and nobody's around. And at midnight hour, you're forsaken. At midnight hour, you don't even have strength to go get the medicine, right? Midnight hour when it hurts the most. For us, we could say, you have the reason to cry. If I were you, I would freak out. I actually met with somebody during the week, and when I told her, like, in detail what happened to us, and she's like, her eyes got big. It's like, and I was like, what? And I was telling her how, how strong we feel and how hopeful we feel, and she's like, I, would, I, I don't know how I wouldn't feel that. I, I don't know how, it doesn't make sense. How do you, how, 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 like just, right? It didn't make sense to this person, right? But that in that midnight hour when the world, when that voice, that false prophet is saying you are forsaken, why, why, right? It's meaningless. We even use the word of God to, you know, make you more depressed. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. What's the use of working all day, all night? discouraged. You should be, right? You should complain. You have every right to complain. Come on, open your mouth. Complain, right? The enemy is like, when you come to Sunday worship, we're bedroom like, open your mouth. Worship Jesus. Sing it. Come on, worship him. Worship him. We're shaking you in the spirit. I know it's hard, but worship Jesus. Sometimes, so somebody said, um, Somebody says, sometimes I'm so intense up there. They're like, oh, it's so intense. It's not because I'm crazy. In my spirit, I just know if you could just wake up and see Jesus. It's, it's, it's my love for you. It's that intensity. But just as intense I am, worship him. The enemy, the enemy is that. Open your mouth and complain. <laughs> Open your mouth and complain. Come on. Don't, oh, don't answer that phone. Oh, don't. Right? The enemy, the false prophet, right? Midnight hour. Midnight hour. But what does Paul and Silas do at midnight hour when their pain is in most pain, when their body is in most pain? They could be looking at their bruises. God, we don't understand. Why'd you let this happen? They could be looking at each other. It's because of you, Paul. <laughs> I was fine over there with my money. <laughs> right? We, we, right? But what did Paul and Silas do? They just worship. Robust singing. Wow. Yes. It's not okay. Sometimes, you know, when we make a late day prayer, it's like, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And you, did you see Aletia? Her eyes are this swollen. Because Benjamin said, you know, ben, Aletia, let's really pray. Let's do a real good prayer. And she's like, good prayer. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not playing. Let's really pray to Jesus. Let's do a real good prayer. Good prayer. 
And Ben and Benjamin's like, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Good prayer. And Benjamin just took her phone and said, I gotta take your phone. You know, and, and they did that. And Benjamin walked, when Benjamin walked out, <gasps> like it's like our neighbor was gonna call 911. Like, are you abusing your child? Like, and she cried, right? At midnight hour, right? Instead of worshiping, she cried, right? She cried. And then I was like, what's going on? <laughs> right? And Benjamin's like, leave her alone. Just let her be. And I was like, I waited a little bit. And then I was like, Benjamin, can I at least go talk to her? He's like, sure. So, yeah, I'm trying to be nice. I'm like, hey, y'all. He's like, Alethea, what's going on? She's like, soon for like, God, all daddy wanted to do was just a very, just short, a real good prayer. Do you not want to pray? Do, do, do you don't want to pray, Alethea? And you know what she said? She said, Mommy, I was just trying to have fun with daddy. I didn't know he was serious. But when he walked out, it, I felt like he didn't care about me. And she just cried. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 Aletia. God, Daddy loves you. Well, can you and I pray? And then she seemed a little hesitant again. I was like, okay, so tell me, if you don't want to pray, or if you don't feel, you don't have good feelings about praying, just tell me. And then she said, well, I pray the same thing every night. And I'm kind of tired of praying the same prayer every night. It's like, oh. Do you want mommy to help you pray a different prayer? She's like, yeah. Okay, just repeat after me. She said, okay. Jesus, Jesus, can you help me? Can you help me? I want to be able to pray a good prayer from my heart. And she follows. But I don't know how. And she was so sincere, right? And so we pray a good prayer, right? And, and I went and told Benjamin, and then he's like, oh. So he went up. <laughs> he went up. And he, 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 he did whatever he needed to do with Alethea. You know, a midnight hour, right? Sometimes we're like Alethea, right? It's not that we don't love God. It's not that we don't want to pray. In that midnight hour, in the middle of the storm, what we used to do just doesn't seem to do it, right? Like doing a regular QT just doesn't seem to do it. And then when we feel like I don't know what else to do, the enemy is, it's because you don't love God. It's because you're a sinner. It's be and we just like false prophecy and we believe. And we even say, yeah, I just don't love God the way I used to. We become the voice of the false prophet. But here, Paul and Silas, their clothes were ripped off. They were beaten publicly. They were put in jail. How did they not look at the bruises and their nakedness? How were they able to write the storm out of that jail? By worshiping. Not blaming, but worshiping. 
You know, your worship in the midst of the storm may look different than Sunday morning. You know, with background music and brum brum drums and, you know, worship leader, like, telling you what to say, you know, follow after me, you know. It's, it may look, it may not look loud and exciting. Your midnight worship may even look different than the way you used to worship. Maybe in the last season, you used to pray all night every Friday night. Remember that, guys, right? Maybe, in, you know, in your last season, your worship looked like, right? It looked like praying every two hours fervently, right? In Korean, in English, in Nigerian English, right? <laughs> in Chinese, right? In tongues. But in the midst of the storm, you look back and you just can't seem to worship God the way you used to. You worship in the midst of the storm. It may just look like tears just coming down. And deep in your soul, that quiet resolve to say, I choose to worship you in this moment. That when you hear these loud noises telling you to give up, stopping and say, I choose to worship you, God. Hmm? Worship, midnight worship is surrender. Surrender. I don't know how to fix my marriage, I don't know how to fix my finances. I don't know how to become fervent for Jesus spiritually. Midnight worship just means becoming aware. This is simply where I am. And acknowledging, I don't know what to do, God. I surrender. I think I have that thing, right? Worship equals what? Surrender. Surrender equals trust. And trust equals hope. When you don't know what to do, you worship by saying, I will, I, I will not look at anyone or anything else. You know what worship in the midnight hour looks like? That you are choosing to look to God before you look to anyone or anything else. Before you look at other help, you're choosing to look to God with both hands. Surrender. I surrender. I don't know what to do, God. I surrender. I surrender. This is your worship. And when you surrender, you could only surrender to the one that you trust. And you could only trust in the one that you have hope. Hmm? Hope. Hope. First Peter 1.3, it says, in his grace, mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. Romans 8.24 says, hope that is seen is no hope at all, right? Who hopes for what they already have? I already have a husband. Why would I hope for another husband? I already got one. Huh? Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain in the midst of the storm. More than your ability to roll out of the storm, you need to pick up that anchor and drop it in the water. Without the anchor, you are the boat that gets tossed. Oh, this lie. Oh, nobody cares. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I have nothing. You get tossed here and there. And in the midst of the storm, more than looking for how, what, you have to put your anchor 
scripture says in Genesis, against all hope. Yeah. Romans 4.18, not Genesis. <laughs> Romans 4, against all hope. In hope, Abraham believed. In the storm, in the storm, you can't see anything. When you worship in the midst of the storm, you are positioning yourself. This right here is your breakthrough. This right here is the blessing. Maybe it may look different. Maybe form of a husband, wife, financial breakthrough. I don't know. Spiritual vitality, the break, healing. This right here is the blessing, the breakthrough that you've been waiting all along. In the midst of the storm, you can't see anything. Chunk, go over there. Can't see anything. And we don't, when you're busy, whoa! Forgive me. I'm sorry. We practice this. Can you forgive me? When you, against all hope, what you do is, right? Man, I, I even hit him in the beginning to fix it. This worked before. <laughs> when you don't have an anchor, yeah, go over there. When you go over there. When you don't have an anchor, right? When you don't position yourself in the midst of the worship, even when God sends it to your way, what happens? I mean, I'm sorry, Jack, Miss Jackie, but it what it does is it hits you and it bounces off. Because we haven't been positioning ourselves, right? But if you worship, come on, not me, but worship God in the midst of the storm, right? When you worship God and you position yourself, right? And then what happens? You could catch it. You could catch it. Right? Positioning yourself, right? Enemy is constantly telling you to look to others for hope, right? When you are busy, he makes you to what? Look to your own hands before you look to God. When you are hurting, right, he makes you look to the lies of the enemy before you look to God. Hmm? Why? Because the enemy wants to keep you from worshiping, from positioning yourself, from writing the storm that's going to take you out of the storm faster than, right? You know how Abraham became the father of faith? If you look at all these scriptures, I'm not going to read it, but you could just put it up. Genesis 12, 7, 12, 8, 13, 4, 13, 18, huh? 22, 9, all these scriptures, wherever Abraham went, in every season, you know what he did? He built an altar to God. And when he built an altar, when he chose to look to God and make God first, when he surrendered and worshiped, you know, some scriptures later, Isaac also built an altar. And then if you look, you go down, Hebrews eleven twenty one. even Jacob, Isaac's son. So Abraham's son is Isaac. Isaac's son is Jacob. Even in his deathbed, you know what Jacob was able to do? According to, look, when he was dying, everybody say dying. The water is already in the lungs, okay? It's not just in the boat. For Jacob, Jacob, this is the real storm of death. Jacob, water is in his lung. He's actually in the process of dying. But when you have positioned yourselves 
even when he is dying, he was able to bless each of his sons, and he worshipped. Everybody say, worship. Worship. You know who else was able to worship like this? It's David. David, he sinned before God, and the child that his wife had was sick. And you know what he did? He, he, he went to the altar, and he spent days and nights not eating, begging God to heal his son. And when he heard his servants whispering, he realized his son had died. He could have said, God, I fasted all these days and nights, and you couldn't answer me? Oh, is it because I sinned? Have you forsaken? He could have, right? And often, don't we do that in our situations, right? But David, let's look at that scripture. What he did was this, okay? 2 Samuel 12, 20. Then David got, this is after his son died. Then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Everybody say, Worship. Worship. Worship is the key. John 24, 23, it says, The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The word is simple today, guys. Will you, will you allow, don't worry, I won't throw this at you. Will you allow your souls to arise in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your hopeless situation, would you allow your soul, command your soul to arise and say, God, I choose to worship. Hmm? I choose to worship. You know, one of the ways that the enemy can really shake me. If he shake my body, hey, if I die, I die. If I live, I live to the Lord. When you have that kind of mindset, nothing really moves you, right? I'm ready to die. I'm ready to take off everything for the Lord. I'm ready to die. If I live, I live to the Lord. If I die, I die to the Lord. So if the enemy attacks my body, my finances, my anything, I'm not moved. I could ride that storm. I could ride that storm. But you know what shakes me? Is when the enemy attacks the ones that I love. Because I can't choose for them. Like I could say if I die, I die. But I can't choose that for my son, for my daughter, for my sister. You know what I mean? For our church member. You know, when, when I hear about my loved ones, even when I first heard about Kay, oh, I, it shook me. I was like, God, no, no, you, no, no, God, right? And when our people are going through difficult situation and they're ready to give up, I said, God, no. See, because I wish I could choose. For you guys, I wish I could choose the truth and make you experience the power of that truth. But when I can't choose and I just watch, I'm not going to lie. That shakes me. That causes the most pain 
for me. And you know what? This year has been that. I think the enemy really tried to attack my personal body, my personal finances, but I'm not moved. If I die, I die. If I live, I live to the Lord. But when I see the loved ones and I see them kind of shifting away from the truth and that little shift, that one little step may not look too bad, but my spirit knows You understand? My spirit knows where that one shift leads to. And when that happens, I don't know what to do. And 2018 has been that year for me. If it's anything about me, I know what to do. I know how to surrender. I know how to give my life. But when I have to look and I see people going through and choosing different paths or different ways, all I could do is just cry before God. And like I said earlier, if you saw me crying last Sunday, it's not because of her finances. Rather, you know what? I feel so light after that happened. I think what was more heavy for me personally is having that kind of car, right, that takes $1,200 out of our family finances. But just my husband willingly giving that up, right, and us willingly uh, choosing together to downsize, I feel good. You don't have to feel sorry. for. We're, like, so excited. I'm like, I finally have hope, right, right? We could build our finances, and we're going to actually be able to buy our own place in a few years if we go this way. So that doesn't shake me. That doesn't cause me pain. But you better believe, day and night, night and day, I am before God. Asking, how? How can I help them? How? I don't know how, God. I don't know how. And in that moment, in that moment, even when some people may be walking the path that is not going to bless them, even in that moment, I'm watching, I'm watching. And sometimes the enemy speaks lies and says, it's because you're not a good pastor. You don't know how to disciple people. It's because blah, 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 blah. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like, Those lies are true. If I truly taught everyone the truth and and discipled you that there's nothing better than Jesus in this life, there's nothing better, there's nothing better but Jesus. If I could just, if I was to say, if I could just be able to teach our people that Jesus is everything. But sometimes I don't know how. And when I don't know how, all I could see, all I could sing is the song where you have called me when I feel helpless and hopeless. I choose to worship. I choose to worship. 
no matter what circumstance. Because you know what? Even though I can't see the end of this storm for my loved ones, at the end, God is God. You hear me? God is God. God is God on the mountaintop. And guess what? God is God in the middle of the storm also. God is God. Even though I don't know how or what to do, all I could do is I lift up my hands and I surrender and I trust and I worship. I worship God. You are God. So right now, I want to invite you. I want to invite you in the middle of your storm. Maybe you're like me. Maybe it's painful for on behalf of your loved ones. Or maybe you've been in the pit yourself and you don't know how to get out. Whether it's relationally, financially, physically. I invite you when we just don't know what to do. Just surrender and acknowledge God, that God, even though I can't see, you are God, and I worship you. So Holy Spirit, empower every one of your son and daughters in this room to not be distracted by the lies of the enemy, that today, we throw out that false prophet of fear out of our minds, out of our house. That we're going to learn to ride the storm through our worship. That we're going to resolve in our souls, in our spirits, to look to you before we look to anything or anyone else. We'll be your house, your sons and daughters that worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.